The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out Head on over to BubbleGenius.com And pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll Featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator this item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Sad. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Uh, look who it is, the f***ing human vacuum. Scumbag, what are you doing? Not to say I saw Bob and his cousin. He's your cousin? Yeah, and he's from Russia, too. No way. What part of Russia? I don't f***ing know. Do I look like his f***ing biographer? Well, what part of Russia are you from? Moscow. He only speaks Russian? Nah, I speak some English, but he cannot speak it good like we do. Is he staying here? Nah, he's moving to the big city this week. He wants to be a metal singer. No way. I swear, Olaf, metal. That's his fucking metal face. Olaf, girl, nice. Skrullnik. That's fucked up, man. What did he say? I don't know, man, but this guy's a character. He really wants to play metal? Yeah, he's got his own band in Moscow. It's called Yankee Blue Jeans or something like that. That doesn't sound metal. You gotta hear him sing Olaf Berserker. Does he sing in English or Russian? In English. Come on, Berserker. Girls think sexy. Uh, uh, I'll watch what he's gonna sing and watch. It's too funny. My love for you is like a truck bouncer. Would you like some making bouncer? <laughs> That's funny, man. Did he say making my love for you is ticking clock, Belzaka. Would you like to suck my Belzaka? That's beautiful, man. Bob Seska. If you vote for me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. The Bob Seska Show. Hello, Bob. Hello, and uh, thanks for nothing, Senator McCain. Senator Portman. No, it wasn't Portman. It was Ron, what is it, Ron Johnson? Yeah, it was Ron, Ron Johnson. Jo- yeah. Ron, Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. <laughs> Ron Johnson, who uh, got to have sex with Jennifer Jason Lee in the dugout in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, has voted uh, yes on the motion to proceed. Yeah, he wasn't happy, but he did. He, he went along, and there you are. I mean, uh, they won at least uh, this this battle. Yeah, uh, Buzz Burbank is here. You you heard his voice right there. Yeah, we're we're talking about obviously this vote that that happened just before. In fact, it's happening right now as we speak. I think they're wrapping up the last couple of votes, but all the Republicans have voted, and we're looking at a uh, a fifty fifty tie on the motion right. to proceed on uh, Trump Care, which. Uh, is now going to be broken by Mike Pence. George. Who's waiting in the wings. Yes, absolutely. At, at this this point forward, uh, it's Trump care. Uh, I yeah. mean, uh, you know, th- this is their their baby now. Uh, and uh, Democrats will do what they can, but uh, 
Uh, Lord, help us all to use a figure of speech because uh, it, it, we knew what we had and now we don't know what we have. Right, right. And and so now we're one step closer to this becoming a reality. And of course, there are so many horrible things <laughs> about this whole thing. And we're going to talk about some of those horrible things, unfortunately. But there there is a silver lining here. There is a, a small sliver of a silver lining in all of this, which is that, well, of course, this doesn't mean that it's passed. And even though Trump is going to act today as if it did, as if this means it passed, he's going to make a huge stink. You know what this is like? This is going to be like when they got Hank to host the Larry Sanders show. He is going to (laughs) be such a phenomenal a-hole for the next 24 to 48 hours about this. How how will we notice the difference is the question. (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. Yeah, we're still catching our breath, uh, having learned this just before we started the show. By the way, the bluest opening to a show I've ever heard, at least <laughs> that, that I've that, that I've been on. I know. Uh, I, any concerns I had about being on a show that was maybe too highbrow for me have now passed. <laughs> I do. Uh-huh. I have to do some bleeping after the show is over with <laughs> yeah, the, the clip think? from uh, from clerks there. It's going to be a flurry of bleep. <laughs> Anytime I play a Kevin Smith clip, uh, a clip yeah. from a Kevin Smith movie, and lots of Love bleeping it. has to go on afterwards, but. Uh, okay, so now we're looking at something, and here's the silver lining. This is not passed. This is going to go to, I guess it's going to get kicked back to the House. I mean, right. we're still talking about a lot of procedure that needs to take place before anything gets passed. And whatever the hell it was that they voted on, which is basically how this should enter into the official congressional record, whatever the hell it is that we voted on today actually passed, and now, you know, there's a... There's a whole process that's going to take place. Now, the way this has been outlined by experts out there in terms of, uh, you know, people who are familiar with parliamentary process, which Mm -hmm. I even have trouble saying, much less understanding. They're generally people who can pronounce parliamentary process. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. That's the first requirement to becoming a parliamentarian means you have to pronounce the word correctly. Damn it! Uh, so okay, so you got a motion to proceed. That was that was today. That that is going to pass any second now with with and Mike Pence going in there. Just in from AP, Pence has broken the tie, and so they're ready to start uh, debating the bill. And Donald Trump has his first unassisted erection in the last twenty years because of this. So so, uh, so after the motion to proceed, which is is just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be several different pieces of legislation that they're talking about now. And one of those is a uh, the 2015 repeal with the expectation that it will fail. Mm-hmm. The Better Care Reconciliation Act with the full Cruz Amendment and the Portman Amendment. That's why I was thinking Portman at the top of the show. Right. That's a uh, plus another hundred billion dollars for Medicaid in that legislation. That's I think that's the Portman Amendment. But because Cruz and Portman haven't been scored by the CBO, those amendments will need sixty votes, and therefore right. are expected to fail. Yeah, the vote it gets, on- it gets a little complicated at this point. But these yeah. are things worth noting because they they make a difference as to what goes forward. I just. Worry about the damage to Obamacare in the meantime. And I, I'm just, I, I caution you, I am reading from sporadic notes on Twitter. So that's why Understood. this Understood. is kind of choppy. But then there's going to be a vote on various amendments to create what they're calling now, and this is the, the phrase of the day, <laughs> a skinny repeal. The goal is to repeal three things. Uh-huh. Uh, the individual mandate, right. the employer mandate, 
and the medical device tax. Yeah, those are things they've uh, wanted all along, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So if they do end up with a skinny repeal, Mm -hmm. they're going to end up bleeding some of the money from Obamacare. That's what exactly this will do. The employer mandate and the individual mandate. I'm sorry to interrupt, but especially with the equipment, that's the the whole point of this. They are serving a very small industry, uh, comparatively, a small, certainly in a national scope. Uh, they're, They're serving that industry. And in the process, cutting massive amounts of money from Obamacare. And so uh, Obamacare, which, uh, according to PolitiFact and and other people who've examined it, not on track to fail yet. But that's about to change if they start doing these kinds of things. And if you thought the health insurance market was unstable before, uh, you grab a life preserver. Now, granted, I mean, the, I'm, I'm trying to look at the uh, the bright side in all of this. Otherwise, I'm just going <laughs> to disintegrate that. to where I was two weeks we, ago. We, which all, is a- we all appreciate that. <laughs> right. So, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, with a skinny repeal, and again, mm-hmm. none of this is good, but looking at the bright side, with a skinny repeal, that still leaves in place all of the Medicaid expansion. That leaves Medicaid obviously untouched. Yes, that leaves right. uh, the consumer protections, the essential health benefits. All those things will be untouched. Uh, it certainly will leave untouched the subsidy payments for the marketplace insurance policies for people who are making less than whatever it is, 300% of, uh, I forget the percentage of uh, of the uh, federal poverty level that re- that's required for to get a subsidy for uh, the marketplaces. But that's, that all is, is left in place with a skinny repeal. However- Well, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't get too comfortable with that because no, cutting, no. Cutting, cutting Medicaid is a top priority of Paul Ryan and a lot of other Republicans. So that's right. uh, be on the lookout because they'll try it again. Yep, absolutely. And the other thing is that while the individual mandate uh, would actually create all kinds of havoc as far as financing Obamacare, remember a big right. part of financing the law mm-hmm. is getting that penalty money from people who just refuse to sign up. And I've right. got a I've got a whole rant about people who don't know how to use Obamacare, who don't know how to use the marketplaces, and right. uh, and that's coming up in a bit. But nevertheless. I, based on what I experienced in following the original passage of Obamacare in 2009 and early 2010, the individual mandate is crucial when it comes to securing the support of uh, the health insurance lobby. The health insurance lobby won't go along with anything if they're going to leave most of Obamacare in place, but that they're going to kill the individual mandate. killing that guaranteed income, absolutely. Exactly, exactly. If they kill the individual mandate, what happens is is people start signing up just when they get sick, and then Mm -hmm. they get rid of their insurance as soon as they're better. Right. And the insurance companies hate that. They don't want that to happen at all. In fact, one of the things that was a requirement from the health insurance lobby in passing Obamacare was having an individual mandate. This was the... This was the bitter pill that everyone has swallowed. This is the reason right. why there's this one part of the bill that nobody well, likes. And the other side of that that you hear from conservatives is, oh, you shouldn't require people to buy a product. You shouldn't require yeah. them to buy a service. What about auto insurance? We're yeah. all we're required to have auto insurance in order to drive a car in our individual states. This is not that different from that, uh, except for the penalty, which, as you just outlined, is vital to funding a healthcare program that takes care of all the people, or most of them anyway. That's right. Now, also remember, too, and again, I'm looking at the bright side of this. Don't get Thanks. happy. Don't get comfortable with any of this crap. But here's the thing. 
even if they went with a full repeal, while that repeal would cut uh, upwards of billions of dollars out of the out of Obamacare in terms of the subsidies, in terms of the Medicaid expansion, in terms of all kinds of things, right. uh, the fact of the matter is is that uh, this repeal can't can't possibly pass. They can't repeal all of Obamacare. Because they don't have the votes. Remember, there are two pieces of legislation that form Obamacare. There is the Affordable Care Act, and then there's a second piece of legislation, the name of which I don't recall right off the top of my head. But that second piece of legislation is the one that they passed, the Democrats passed, with a reconciliation vote. They passed Obamacare proper, I believe, with with the full 60 votes. They couldn't Mm -hmm. pass the other piece. So they got the other piece passed through reconciliation, and that's the only one that can be killed with reconciliation. So they can only, again, when they talk about repealing Obamacare, they can only really repeal that second half, which has everything to do with all of the financing for Obamacare. By the way, but you know what else? You know what else is in there? And then no one ever talks about this. And I think some of the young people who are like, well, let it die, and then we'll have a progressive utopia somehow, some way, somewhere down the line. You know what? You know what happened there? What? Part of this legislation includes reform of the college tuition system. The, uh, the college student loan system is included in right. that reconciliation vote, in that second half of Obamacare. This is sausage making. This is the kind of crap that happens. But... You know, we lose that. They repeal that. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we're going to lose all of those reforms in terms of student loans if I they know. actually go forward with a repeal of that piece of legislation. Now, they could repeal just parts of it. I mean, we've been talking about the skinny repeal. There's all kinds of uh, different versions of, of laws that we're going to see come up. This drama, suffice to say, is going to continue. Uh, the stress is going to continue. Uh, this at some point is going to go to a conference committee, which we're going to be obviously hearing leaks from. I mean, it, the, the entire negotiation. And again, this is I, there's a lot of negative things to talk about today. But the, <laughs> but the positive side buzz yeah. is that this is going to be a severe problem trying to cater to both the Trumpers uh, the uh, the uh, Tea Party, conservative Republicans, the moderate Republicans in both the House and the Senate, getting the, all of those people to agree just on the Republican side is going to be a Herculean effort by yeah, Mitch absolutely. McConnell and, right. yeah, and, and Big John Cornyn and John Thune. And they have their work cut out for them moving forward because what all of the wrangling and argle-bargle that we heard about happening on the House side when they were trying to pass that version and certainly on the Senate side trying to pass that version, all of that is going to be amplified times a thousand because now you're going to have House people, you know, House conservatives fighting Senate conservatives, fighting uh, Senate moderates, fighting House moderates in order to come up with some piece of legislation that they still all have to vote on a second time. And then on top of all of that, you've got all these amendments that will serve as poison pills. You've got things that, that will be added to it that won't be allowed to go forward because of the bird rule and so forth. In other words, we're taking something that was already messy business and making it messier. And this right. is, this this terrifies and depresses me. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I too like to be optimistic and I think it would be great. And we do have an opportunity here for the two parties to work together 
to fix Obamacare. Let's do this. Let's uh, repeal Obamacare and then pass it again improved uh, with a different name and then they won't be so upset. We won't call <laughs> it right. We won't call it the Affordable Care Act anymore, so they can't call it Obamacare anymore. We'll call it something else, but mostly it'll be the same. And and uh, the only changes, wouldn't this be great, are the ones that everybody can agree on already. Yeah. Let's just change it to uh, whatever the hell we're voting on today. That's the, right, the new right. name of the and, legislation. And, and and they don't know. But the great news, I, I, and I hope we're going to get to sessions and that stuff uh, somewhere along the way yeah. because it overlaps with uh, this health care story in that I have never been so terrified of a vacation in my life. <laughs> and, of course, I'm talking about my return to Kansas next week. No, oh. no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about uh, the, the upcoming recess. Uh, yeah. And and uh, the, the fact that lawmakers, Republicans, are going to go home to some pretty angry crowds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, who are And most of them, most of the Republican lawmakers will go into hiding. And there'll be a lot of empty town hall meetings. Yep. Or the, the meetings will be full. The, the senator won't be there. Yep. Uh, and you're going to see, I, I think, a lot of activity. But, but I, it won't do any good. And it's short. Notice they're keeping the vacations short. And there's a... There's a parliamentary reason for that as well, uh, which I, we can get into a little later. But uh, I'm, I'm really terrified of, uh, you know, this, this upcoming vacation, uh, both because of the rush to get there on the part of the lawmakers and what they're facing when they get home and because of other stuff that Trump can do during that time. <laughs> yes, and we're going to yeah. absolutely get to that. That right. has everything to do with who's going to be our attorney general uh, coming out of that vacation. Uh, right. But before we get ahead of ourselves here, uh, I wanted to mention, just I wanted to read here the definition of the Byrd Rule per the United States Congress. This is the official definition of the Byrd Rule. All just right. because we're going to be hearing a lot about the Byrd Rule moving forward. Again, that's B-Y-R-D, the Byrd Rule after after former Senator Byrd. Byrd uh, is the word. Byrd is the word. Under the Byrd Rule, the Senate is prohibited from considering extraneous matter as part of a reconciliation bill or resolution or conference report thereon. The definition of what constitutes extraneous matter Mm -hmm. is set forth in the Budget Act. However, the term remains subject to considerable interpretation by the presiding officer who relies on the Senate parliamentarian. The Byrd Rule is enforced when a senator raises a point of order during consideration of a reconciliation bill, which is what this is going to be. Whatever they come up with has to be a reconciliation bill. Or conference report. That is the conference report is the legislation that will come out of a conference committee right. between the House, members of the House, members of the Senate. Right. If the point of order is sustained, that means the point of order is actually allowed to mm -hmm. enter into the record as an official thing. Right. The offending title, provision or amendment. <laughs> I'm already confusing myself, by the way. Uh, the point of order is sustained. The offending rule, provision or amendment is deemed stricken unless its proponent can muster 60 Senate votes to waive the rule. So Once therefore, again, the threshold gets raised. Yeah. E exactly. So... This is going to be, I mean, one of the reasons why this is such a tough haul for the uh, for the Republicans in both chambers. And it, yet they persist. Yes, they, they, <laughs> yeah. they persist, which is just is astonishing. I mean, here they did, once again, another major vote 
during the Trump era in which they just barely get by with the skin of their teeth. Of course, they had to change the rules to get uh, Neil Gorsuch approved. And with, I think, uh, 52 votes, it ended up being 51 votes, something like that. And yeah. now this, they need to get, uh, or was it? Did, this this goes down as 51-50, with the vice president being that 51st vote. Yeah, but and, and wasn't it, Gorsuch yeah. also 51 with Pence's vote? Yeah, but the, the point about this one is not only did it just, there have been a number of things that just barely passed. And yes, Gorsuch was absolutely right. one of those. But the thing about this is it just barely passed and nobody really knows where it's going. <laughs> yeah. we, we just barely passed our mission to question mark. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the amazing thing about this is they're starting. They're, they're mm. starting point for the legislation moving forward is only having 50 votes. Yeah. And, and always needing Mike Pence to so they cannot lose anybody. I mean, they got they got they obviously wheeled in uh, uh, John McCain mm -hmm. into the proceeding today. Right. They got McCain to vote today. And of course, he voted yes. He could have been the maverick he claims to be by voting mm -hmm. no, realizing the utter horse that this whole thing <laughs> is and, and knowing that. He's probably not going to run again. In fact, the same goes for Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson is retiring from the Senate. Right. Yeah, he's going to nothing to lose. Right. He's, I could I could make all kinds of fast times at Ridgemont High jokes here. I just every time I think of Ron Johnson, I just have to go back to that. <laughs> That's a great story. Uh, but nevertheless, so they they got all the they got these two guys to to vote, even though this is just utterly cynical. This is this entire thing has nothing to do with improving health care. The Republicans do right. not, they don't care, Buzz, about issues. Oh, they don't clearly. care about policy. They don't no. care about substantively changing health care. All they want to do is screw liberals. This is about, right. the, about yeah. winning. They're always winning. We exactly. gotta, we're going to beat you even if there's no argument. We're going to beat you even if there's no contest. We're going right. to beat you. We're going to win, 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 win. That's what we do. And that's what they're all about. And, and second to that, uh, robbing from the poor and giving to the rich. That's exactly right. So they're setting up their, or they, at least they've been trying to set up their big uh, tax reform push, which is going to get severely, I mean, that whole thing is going to be up against the beginning of the uh, the 2018 uh, primary, or the, certainly the primary season, but also the general election, with when most of Congress is going to be focused on re-election and not focused on tax reform. So and that by the way, we, we, we have to interject here. I yeah. know uh, uh, Kimberly Johnson posted this. I know Rachel had it on her show last night. I have a copy of it here on my computer desktop, and that's the chart from the Brookings Institution about oh, the, uh, the people yeah. uh, who have filed for office uh, from starting from about 2003 to the present day. You have to see this chart. It has to be a visual for you to really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. You cannot appreciate the numbers. We could give you the numbers, but you'd fall asleep. And 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 I'm not sure it would have make the sort of impression that it would if you saw this chart. Just uh, Google Brookings chart uh, congressional filings, and oh, it'll yeah. come up, uh, and you'll find it. Or look on uh, my page, Kimberly Spade. I don't know if you if you retweeted it or not. Oh, I did. Uh, but it's 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 out there and it's on last night's uh, or that would be yeah last night's Rachel as well uh, and and it's it's worth seeing it's a very heartening thing if you want to be positive about something I think that there are a lot of ways that this nightmare can end before the 2018 election yeah but if yeah. you look at the if you look at this chart you know it will be over by 2018 by by election day 2018. 
Uh, and, and so that alone is very heartening to know that uh, sooner or as late as November 2018, things are going to get better. Oh, yes. Uh, I, and it could be sooner. What if between now and then, and, and I have people saying, well, you know, the Republicans are never going to turn on, on Trump. Uh, yeah, well, at some point they will. Oh, they we're will. Not, we're, it, not, it's, they, it's already, we're not there yet. It's already yeah, started. It's, it has. Yep. It absolutely has. And you, you said the new poll showing 42 to 42 percent on, on uh, USA Today, uh, people talking about impeach, impeachment. Mm-hmm. We're already, the, the public is already at a tipping point. Oh, yes. Um, so the ter- the momentum on this is is tremendous with with Trump pushing it along faster every hour, <clears throat> and uh, you know it's I, I think if Mueller comes out with let's just say and maybe he probably won't but maybe he will what if Mueller comes out with his charges his report whatever he's going to do before the twenty eighteen election well then things are going to happen even sooner than that election <laughs> yeah so you know I I try I hear some pessimism out there and I understand it. I feel it. I share this frustration. It seems like we're running up against a brick wall. We're not. We're making progress. And if we can just all hang in there, uh, we can get this done and save this country. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, you know what I want to do? I want to see if I can paint a mental picture of this chart. <laughs> because, okay, good, good. Because good. this chart, I, I want to talk about hollow pillow first. But but when, we, when we're done, I want to go over this chart because this is... You want to talk about a silver lining in all of this. This port, this chart portends big things for the yes. Democrats in 2018. And I want to talk about huge, that. Huge. Yeah, huge, huge, huge things. But <laughs> you know, at, at risk of putting you to sleep, as you were saying, with the, uh, the numbers in the chart, <laughs> I, I think this will encourage people to uh, feel a little bit better coming out of the day. Yeah, are you are you are you beaten down by the events of the day? Is what you need a, a good night's sleep? Is that what's troubling you, Bunky? Oh, yes, yes, I do. You know what? Uh, Buzz and I occasionally, you know, especially when I was back interning at WJFK, we used to sleep in the same bed, and then a lion would come up and uh, and, and lick our feet <laughs> and lick while our we were toes. Sleeping. Yes, <laughs> but uh, you know, what we didn't have we didn't have we didn't have a really good pillow at the time. No, yeah. not back in that day. Oh yeah, it was it was uh, it was Dacron. It was artificial, uh, spongy material that off gases all kinds of uh, poisonous things. Potentially, still, people still using them today. Yeah, yeah, and and of course, you know, there's always the issue, especially when you live you you live in Florida. I lived in Hawaii for the longest time. Mm-hmm. It, staying cool at night is is the key to survival in uh, in places that have more tropical temperatures. Well, and and it is, and even when I lived in colder climates, I'd wake up with this sort of sweaty thing at the back of my head and what the heck is this all about you know be dry dry everywhere else but i'm sweating back there well it's because of the artificial crud that's inside your your pillow but but now when the lion's done licking our toes we (laughs) wake up as cool as the other side of the pillow because now we sleep on a hollow pillow at least we have we have each our own hollow pillow we don't share the same hollow pillow but uh the hollow pillow stays cool while giving our, our heads uh, neck and shoulders, perfect support all night long, night after night. A lot of us have spent good money on good mattresses, but still haven't figured out the right pillow. Traditional fiber fills are hot and humid. They collapse under our weight, and, and they don't give you a, uh, a full night's support you need for your good posture and good sleep. And you have to you have to keep replacing them, don't you, Buzz? Yes. Well, you do. I, I actually would write a date on my pillows uh, so I'd know when it was time to replace it. Oh, no. And, really? And no. 
Oh, I did because you don't wow. want to sleep on it. Well, because you lose track of time, right? Yeah. And you go, yeah. oh, how yeah. the hell long time did I have this pillow? You're so well, organized. I, I never have to think about this again because I don't didn't write on the hello pillow because it's going to last forever. That's right. Uh, and, uh, you know, the memory foam pillows, they give you support, but they can't be molded in any shape that's right for you. It doesn't breathe. It gets hot and gives off uh, chemical gases. You probably shouldn't spend a third of your life inhaling. And although a microbead pillow does breathe, it too gives off gases. Great. Uh, once those beads collapse, which they will. They're actually harmful to the environment, too. And as eco-friendly as bamboo pillows sound, they aren't, uh, after all that's uh, all that processing, they're, they're just not. And it isn't no. uh, anti-microbial, right. as its makers have often claimed. Or parliamentary. <laughs> that's right. But, of course, a hollow pillow is, uh, is all of the, the things that you want in a pillow. The buckwheat is grown and milled by American farmers before the hulls go into hollows, pre-shrunken, certified, organic, unbleached, cotton twill casing right here in the United States. Hollow pillows breathe and stay cool. Most importantly, conform perfectly to your head, neck, and shoulders for a restful night's sleep. And you can adjust the, the fullness of hollow pillow by removing or adding more hulls yep. through the zipper that's covered for comfort. I'm so happy with mine. I'm proud to give it my personal endorsement and proud that uh, a percentage of the profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. Yeah. Hollow pillows are available in three sizes, small, standard, and king. And right now, depending on the size, you can save up to 20 bucks on each additional pillow with fast, free shipping. But you can only get that deal by going to hollowpillow.com slash B-O-B-C. That's hollowpillow. That's H-U-L-L-O-P-I-L-L-O-W dot com slash B-O-B-C. Say hello to a healthy and restful night's sleep and wake up as cool as the other side of the pillow. Thank you for supporting this brilliant, brilliant company and uh, and this show at hollowpillow.com slash B-O-B-C. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to the show today. Buzz Burbank is here. Thank you for joining us, Buzz. Thanks for having me. What's that? Why, yeah. to, I said thanks for having me. Didn't mean to step on the vocal. I'm just loving the 80s music again. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. I love this song. All right. Let's get into this chart here. Rachel Maddow had this chart uh, posted last night from uh, numbers uh, uh, brought to us by the Brookings Institution. This chart shows us the number of uh, Democratic and Republican challengers to sitting House members as of June 30th. This goes year by year, and of course the years are uh, noted as the year prior to the the year of the election. Yeah, so every is, every year uh, that every year before an election on yeah. June 30th, they count the number of people. Well, I guess they they have an ongoing count, but these these counts are from. June thirtieth, from two thousand three through two thousand seventeen, right, and uh, it looks a very normal uh, most of the route along the way. But you were going to uh, paint a picture for us of this. Well, yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, just let's look at Democratic challengers to sitting House members in the year before the actual midterm election, or the the general election for that matter, too. Uh, in two thousand three, there were twenty two Democratic challengers. Uh-huh. In two thousand five. There were 48 Democratic uh-huh. challenges. Remember, that preceded the huge, the what they call the housequake 
that happened right. the following year in 2006, where the Democrats took back the House. 40... A quake that continued in 2008 when Obama was elected, and, yep. and so it went from 48 to 57 at that point. So it mm-hmm. just kept growing, but then something happened. Yeah, yeah. 2009, the year before the 2010 midterms, where everything went to hell. Thanks, Ed Schultz. Uh, yeah. there were and only... the Tea Party. Exactly. There were... There were only 40 House challengers on the Democratic side, but 78 on the Republican side. Yeah, Democrats had half the number of candidates to offer than the Republicans did because there was no great optimism that the Democrats were going to do well. It was clear from the Tea Party movement and from the poll numbers that Democrats were going to lose that 2010 midterm election, and they did in a big way. So uh, these charts uh, are very foretelling, these comparisons, these side-by-side comparisons of how many Republicans ran against how many Democrats were running in the year before uh, one of these elections. Uh, You know, it it all looks pretty normal up to a point. Uh, That's probably the biggest glitch is in 2009 ahead of the, the 2010 midterm. And then, of course, 2011 in advance of the 2012 general election, it was pretty evenly split, 42-40. Yep. In 2013, just... A, Close-ish. A, yeah, yeah. kind of close. There were fewer Democratic uh, challengers, only 45 to the Republicans, uh, 52. And, of course, That's 2014 close. was another year in which uh, the Democrats, or the Republicans actually picked up uh, some seats. 2015, there were 44 Democratic challengers to 28 Republican challengers. Right. Now, that's just ahead of the the Trump election. I think maybe Democrats saw where things were headed and tried to counter it as best they could. But it was perhaps at that juncture too little too late. Right. But the margin did help the Democrats, at least in the House. I mean, remember, mm-hmm. we, yes. Yes. you know, the Democrats are pretty close. I mean, they're closer right. than they were in 2006 to actually one being able some, to overtake. One, one back some House seats. So yeah. what's going to happen in the 2018 midterms, Bob? Well, <laughs> remember, let's let's review. 22, 48, 57, 40, uh-huh. 42, 45, 44 in previous yeah. years. 20s, 40s, 50s, uh, 70 here somewhere. That's what the numbers have been up to this point. Right. But going into 2018, as of right now, there are 209 (laughs) House challengers on the Democratic side. How many Republicans? How many Republicans, Bob? 28. (laughs) 28. Just a little bit of 28. No. So you're saying instead of like 2015, where Democrats led 44 to 28 in terms of candidates offered for an election, you're saying that uh, for 2018's midterm, uh, the Democrats have 209 candidates to the Republicans. (laughs) Yes. 28. Exactly. (laughs) You know, and it's just here's another. This is an anecdotal observation, certainly. But in, in, in congruence with this, 209 Democratic challengers in the, uh, to, to sitting House members. I know, I, per, I personally know two people who are running for Congress next year. Yeah. I, and that's, I, I'm, I, not, I, I'm not surprised. And, and it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, again, and I said this maybe the first time I was on your show. If anything good comes out of the Trump presidency, it will be the citizen involvement. And, you know, will it sustain? Uh, we, we could get lethargic again. That could happen. Yeah. But uh, I, I think maybe at least for some years, we will be more on guard against the kind of thing that happened in 2008. Yeah. Uh, th- this is so clear, this the 209 candidates to 28 being offered. 
this very clearly spells out the chances uh, of each party's success in the 2018 midterms. This very clearly spills out spells out that Congress is going to change. The Senate is going to become a Democratic majority. The House is going to come, become a Democratic majority based on this chart, assuming people turn out to vote. But with numbers this overwhelming and with people this riled up, I'm pretty sure people are going to turn out to vote. Yeah. Yeah, and, and certainly there's going to be a lot of candidates to uh, to look at in terms of uh, challengers to, to existing uh, uh, sitting Republicans, that's for and sure. And I think a lot of people who sat out the, the 2008 election, and I know a lot of Democrats did, there were a lot of people who weren't crazy about Hillary Clinton, but they were going to vote for her yeah. until until that Comey thing just before the election. And the, the thing about the, there's emails, there aren't emails, there's uh, something in them, there's nothing in them. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole hocus pocus. A lot of people just threw up their hands and said, you know what, I'm not playing anymore. And, of course, that was one of the Russian goals. Uh, but But I think... Some people have learned their lesson about that lethargy. God, I hope so. Yeah. But it, it, I'm, I'm holding on to that as a shred of optimism about what's going to happen next year. And like I said, things could swing our way. Mueller could swing our way. Uh, Republicans could swing our way before we even get to 2018. Yeah, and I, I want to caution you, too. The House side is absolutely gettable. The, at the last time I did the math, and again, mm-hmm. bear in mind, I'm a math idiot, but I think I have triple-checked this math. In fact, I triple-checked this math with two editors from Salon in the process Good. of writing Good. about this a while back. Good. But I think the Democrats only need a net gain of 25 seats to take back the House. That'll right. bring them up to, I believe it's the 218 threshold for a majority in the House. That is absolutely doable. Remember, every two years... The entire House is up for re-election. That's 435 members of the House, Republican and Democrat alike. On the Senate side, this is a little more dicey, and it's not because of of polls or Democratic chances or whatever. I know where you're going. You're right. Yeah, it's it's basically in terms of the number of seats that are up for re-election that year. Now, just looking at the map, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I see seven, eight. There are eight Republican seats that are up for a re-election. Mm-hmm. There are many, many more. I think it's something like 20-something Democratic Senate seats that right. are up for re-election in 2018. Now, what that means is that the Democrats not only need to protect all of their seats or most of their seats, right, retain right. all of those seats in that, mm-hmm. in that election, but mm-hmm. then they also need to win back three Three Republican seats. See, I th- I think we can do it, Bob, based on that on that projection from uh, the number of candidates who have filed for uh, offices in the 2018 midterms. Yeah, if it's 28 Republicans and, and 200, that means fewer than what? what uh, three? I'm not good at math either. But a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it means we're going to elect a whole bunch of Democrats. So I, I think we can do uh, three easily, and and I'm going to say more yeah. than that. Clean sweep, no, because there's some districts we're never going to win. Yeah, understand that, you know. But but I think everything's going to be so every the Republicans will be so vulnerable at that point. Yeah. that uh, this is entirely doable. Well, yeah, and again, the, I think the uh, just as you were talking there, I did the, the quick math. Uh, it's 25 Democratic seats up for re-election, and that includes. 
builds two independent seats. Bernie Sanders is up for re-election, and I uh-huh. think Angus King in Maine is up for re-election. Uh, and, and then again, only eight Republican seats. So again, that's a tough haul. The Senate is a tough haul. But looking at the climate right now, looking at the poll numbers right now, it's looking much easier now to pick up three seats in the Senate net. And again, that's a yeah. net gain of, of three seats that would put the, the Democrats at 51. Yeah. Uh, that seems much more doable now than it did even well, three or it, six months ago. And it's all more than a year away still yeah. at this point. And as I said, you know, maybe something will happen before that. God, I don't know how much more of this this country can take. If, oh, I know. If, if, if Congress, uh, if the Senate goes on vacation, uh, for officially for uh, 10 days or more, uh, that gives Trump uh, the kind of recess, official recess that he needs to make a recess appointment, uh, replacing Jeff Sessions without uh, confirmation from the Senate. And uh, the way he's uh, setting up Sessions, it's clear that's exactly what he's going to do, whether he can force Sessions out uh, ahead of time or if he ends up having to do the Saturday Night Massacre, yeah. which I think Trump is trying to avoid because he wants to avoid the comparison to Nixon. But he'll do it. Yeah. He'll do it if he has to and because he is not going to let pass any opportunity to make a recess appointment where he can put in somebody who won't recuse themselves from the Russia investigation and who will fire Robert Mueller as special counsel. And if that happens, I've seen it on social media, but I believe it to be true, uh, the country will take to the streets peacefully. I, I, I hope I, I'm, you know, I, that's the, that's the intention. I mean, people are saying we must take to the streets in great numbers peacefully. If in fact, this, what this is what happened. This is the kind of tipping point we're at. This is the kind of edge that mm-hmm. democracy sits on right now. Yep. And it's, it's, it's terrifying in uh, the potential of what could happen. It's exciting in the potential of, maybe ending this nightmare yeah. you know, or you know, curbing it at the very least. Well, that's, I mean, that's why just one last word on the, uh, on the midterms, which is that right. this may be, and we've said this a lot over the last 10 years or so, this may be the most important election in the history of the American Republic. And I'm yeah. not exaggerating yeah. when I say this, the Democrats, it's not a matter of if, or should they, or what, what'll happen. We don't know. It is mandatory that they retake at least one of the chambers of, of Congress. Uh-huh. And, and the most likely one, obviously, being the, the House. It is mandatory that they do this. I cannot emphasize enough. This yeah. administration and the Republican cabal that's backstopping it have to be stopped. I mean, you tweeted, uh, I believe it was earlier today, you, you wrote here on Twitter, next to the Civil War, we are headed for this nation's greatest crisis. Remove him now. Mm-hmm. And that is that is so necessary. And short of that, it is absolutely necessary to at least stop the legislative agenda of this administration and certainly of the uh, the congressional well, Republicans. And, and certainly calls of remove him now will help grind that to a stop. Yeah. Uh, they will. It will turn attention if more and more people climb on that bandwagon bandwagon and more and more people are, in fact, doing just that. So there is a there's a tremendous momentum out there. There's a frustration. There's an impatience. I believe in the process. I am proud of the process. I'm proud of the American government and of the uh, career uh, uh, civil servants who who make it function. Uh, And I I worry I worry about it. But I believe in the process. It's just that we're all very uh, this is very urgent. And that's why we're so impatient. This is a, a very 
urgent situation, the the potential harm to the democracy, uh, the potential for war that we've worried about from the very beginning. Uh, there's too much at stake here to, to sit around. Uh, the process may work faster now thanks to social media's ability to spread news faster. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, but it, it really, it needs to be sooner rather than later. Yeah. You know, the great irony in all of this, Buzz, is that the thing that will push Trump toward authoritarianism more than anything else is the Trump-Russia investigation, which will also potentially remove him from office. It's yes. amazing. That this is the... Yeah. This is the linchpin. This is the thing that that swings the future of the country one way or another. If Trump Russia continues to and and, it, and in all likelihood it's going this direction as this gets closer to Donald Trump's desk, he is going to become more and more erratic, more and more authoritarian, uh, uh, risking things like shutting down the press. Sh- right. You know, maybe uh, even uh, going so far as to uh, declaring martial law. There's all kinds of things that are. Completely completely within his constitutional power and all kinds of things that he is absolutely willing to do outside of the purview of the United States constitution. And and here's what I'd say about that. Chemotherapy is a bitch, but it's not as bad as cancer. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And so, you know, one of those things is going to be, uh, almost definitely. And I'm not even going out on a limb to say this at some point, Donald Trump is going to fire Robert Mueller. And if he does, Mm-hmm. Uh, or I should say when he does, mm-hmm. I mean, we had, you know, I don't know if you saw Ron Wyden on, uh, Rachel Maddow last night. I, I did. Yeah. And, yeah. and of course he invoked the, uh, the I word, he invoked impeachment. If, if, yes, Ro- he did. if Robert Mueller goes, Ron, Ron Wyden said, we're seriously going to have to take a look at all options on the table. And that and among those options includes impeachment. We already have an introduction of an mm-hmm. article of impeachment for obstruction of justice in the United States house. Uh, and, and, you know, this could expand into Republicans. I mean, we were seeing now over the last 10 days or so that the Republican coalition backing Donald Trump is starting to split apart, especially because (laughs) uh, there are a lot of Republicans who are still loyal to Jeff Sessions. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. And we hear uh, from the AP today that there's a decision, quote unquote, soon on the fate of U.S. Attorney General Sessions per the, uh, per the White House. Wow. So we're going to hear well, about yeah. this, and and as you were as you were cautioning, Buzz, we're coming up on a recess here, and it's entirely possible that Donald Trump, who's capable of literally anything, will appoint a replacement attorney general during that recess the, session. The timing, the timing could be perfect for yep. this. He fires as the lawmakers are leaving town. He fires Sessions, having clearly laid the stage for that. Yeah. I don't know who he's going to get to replace him. There was talk of Ted Cruz. Ted says he's he hasn't that that's not true that he's not considering it. Uh, Chris Christie says no, and and Chris Christie went on to say, I'm sorry, Giuliani said no, and Giuliani went on to say, I get those two confused sometimes. <laughs> Giuliani went went on to say. Uh, that uh, he Sessions was right to recuse himself, indicating that he would do the same thing. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't know what their options are, but he'll find somebody. He'll keep looking. Trump will keep looking until he finds somebody who a won't recuse themselves and b will fire Robert Mueller. And he'll he thinks, and this is how stupid he is. He <laughs> thinks that if he can get a new AG in there to fire Mueller, then he can say the AG fired Mueller, not me. Yeah. You know, because that's what he loves to do is, is shift the blame to, to somebody else. But what he doesn't get because he's so stupid is because nobody's going to buy that. You know, yeah. nobody's going to buy that. 
Well, he's also looking for an AG who will allow the FBI director, the new FBI director, Christopher mm-hmm. Wray, to report directly to Trump, which right. is just, you know, to, to uh, quote Michael Beschloss on MSNBC, <laughs> that is spine chilling. The idea yeah. of the president control, directly controlling the FBI. His, his exact phrase was, and I've never heard it used this way. I've never heard it stated this way before. His exact words were blood chilling. Blood chilling, I've heard, yeah. I've heard of, I've heard of blood curling, and I've heard of... <laughs> I've heard of spine chilling, but I'd never heard blood, <laughs> blood <laughs> chilling. Anyway, I, I, what I love about uh, Beschlau is is the way he rolls his eyes at, at, at or shakes his head at things yeah. that 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 Rachel passes on to. Uh, by the way, I have a I have a small beef with Rachel. I just had to get this off my chest. Oh, okay. I've been I've been writing news for forty five years, something like that, mm-hmm. and I have more than once, many times throughout those and from long ago, used the phrase "watch this space." Oh, and I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't use it anymore because she's more famous than I am, and everybody will think I stole it from her. But I yeah, had it first. no, you have. Everyone knows that that was something that no one, no one knows. Yeah, no one knows. Yeah, you're gonna have to explain that to trolls, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, they're talking about. I think uh, who was it? David Frum today predicted that it might be Janine Pirro for Attorney General. Can you imagine that googly-eyed crackpot from Fox News Channel becoming the Attorney Janine Pirro? In, in, in the Trump administration, I can absolutely imagine. Oh, I can totally imagine. You know, it's that, yeah. a, it's a, you know what? It's a, the Trump administration is like a Fellini film. You got the little, <laughs> you got the little, you got the little elf. You got the mobsters. You got the the babes. Uh, it's it really it's a it looks like a, add some balloons and a clown and you got well you got a clown and it's <laughs> it's a Fellini film. <laughs> That's right. You know, I keep saying I think you know who should be uh, directing and writing the Trump movie. Would be the Co- the Cohen brothers. <laughs> the <laughs> yes, Cohen brothers yeah. have to do this. Uh, yeah, I mean Janine Pirro, her background wasn't she involved in the Central Park Five thing that Trump got himself into trouble over? I wish I I had more background on her. I'm 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 not I only, I'm yeah. vaguely familiar with her, but I, I can't. I am not well versed enough to speak about her. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm, uh, it's something that I I wish I had looked up before the show, but I I, just, <laughs> I, I don't know for sure. Uh, nevertheless, I mean, she's uh, she's pretty much crazy, and most people know we'll, that she's crazy. But certainly, we'll, someone will research her now for sure. Yeah, but Donald yeah. Trump uh, has been on her show before. Certainly, uh, I think he's uh, uh, promoted her show on his Twitter oh, feed. That's of for course. sure. They're yeah. also talking about, as you, I think Rudy Giuliani is in there. And by the way, Rudy Giuliani said that Jeff Sessions was right to recuse himself. Right. So that, that makes me think that maybe Rudy Giuliani won't be the guy. But then again, yeah. these, these people have no principle. They have no core values. They're just going to go <laughs> where, whichever way they need to go. Yeah. yeah he, it's really not predictable at this point who it's going to be. What is predictable is that it is going to happen. Uh, one way or the other, Sessions is going to be out. And, you know, I just don't know what to think about. This puts uh, liberals in a, a tough spot because on one hand, you look at what Sessions is doing with the government seizure of uh, property in, in in cases of alleged criminal activity. And you look at what he's doing now. You've heard, you, have you seen or heard what he's doing with marijuana laws? Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. The, the Justice Department is putting together a report uh, to go after marijuana users mm, not not I just see. the dealer they're yeah. going after the user they're going after the states that oh have legalized God. it they're declaring war on the 24 states that have approved uh, marijuana in some form and the eight states uh, in county and plus dc that have approved it for recreational use uh he's preparing to one so on one hand we want him out of there yeah but on the other hand 
Kind of admire him for sticking around even after the Trump insults. <laughs> yeah. Well, this marijuana thing pisses me off because this is just uh, as, as if the Trump years aren't miserable enough. They're, right. They're trying to crack down on marijuana users for God's sake. Even though, I mean, you know, I don't want to go into all the statistics. Let's, do, and all let's, that make, let's make political posters that has a big marijuana leaf on it. And the caption is now more than ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I changed the uh, bu- bubble genius commercial at the top of the show to say, if the, if the Twitter toddler in the White House has you, has you completely stressed out, try marijuana. Just uh, just passing that along. Oh, and also bubble genius, blah, 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 blah. You know he's going to do it, and you know we're going to hate it. And that's why uh, we have to keep our focus on, A, protecting our health care, yeah. but B, getting him the hell out of there. Well, the other thing about the attorney general thing, and if, if Jeff Sessions is forced to resign, uh, to me, that has to be another count of obstruction of justice, mainly because Donald Trump has yeah. already confessed like an idiot to why he wants to fire Jeff Sessions. It has everything to do with the investigation into Trump Russia and Sessions recusing himself. He has made this abundantly clear. So if we know that that is his motive. I cannot imagine that uh, that the Mueller investigation wouldn't be looking at the firing of, uh, of Jeff Sessions as yet another... Uh, count of obstruction of justice. It just Sal- has to be. Sally, Sally Yates, Preet Bharara, yep. James Comey, yep. and now Jeff Sessions, and countless other people who have quit because they cannot in good conscience work for a government led by this man. Uh, the people who have been pushed out or fired since the arrival of this president. Uh, so many people have been lost all in the name of Trump trying to protect himself from the Russia investigation. Yep. Oh, and oh that yes sir, that makes you look very innocent. I agree. <laughs> right. All right, uh, we can take one last break. We're going to wrap up the show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius bath and body products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, welcome back to the show today. Bob. <laughs> you know what? A listener, a listener asked me to do that to you today. Oh, great. It's just on the day that I don't cue it up in my soundboard. <laughs> that, that, well, that's why I'm here. <laughs> like I have a great uh, accent. Okay, so I have a correction to make. Uh, Janine Pirro was not involved with the Central Park Five case. She was involved in the Robert Durst case. 
Uh huh. Uh, but you were right about the crazy part. Yeah, the crazy part is absolutely <laughs> correct. But but See? the the case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, these are both things that have been on HBO in the form of a documentary at one point or another. So uh-huh. I uh, I give myself that benefit of the doubt. So moving along here. Uh, let's see what else. Oh my God. There's so many Trump Russia things to talk about. We just, there isn't enough time. You know what? There's not enough time, not Uh only to to cover this, uh, whether it's, it's your uh, news and comment buzz or this show, but there's also hardly enough time to just keep up with everything. Oh, I know it it could be a full-time job. And, and, you know, I have to forgive uh, citizens who have jobs and children and, and just can't keep up with this. Uh, I, I don't blame them. It's it's We're staring at it full time and we can't keep up. I, I would like, if, if nothing else, take a second to, to mention uh, Trump's speech to the Boy Scouts. Oh, yes, uh, yes. Last night. And I, I don't remember ever. I was not a, a, a Boy Scout. I, I led a, what, a, like an Eagle Scout troop or something like that. What are they? What, Explorer Scouts. That's what they were. Yeah. Because that was a career oriented thing. And I was kind of a mentor for one of those. And it was a great experience, for, I think, for everybody involved. And, and, and I, I've always sort of admired scouting for various reasons. And I've been critical of them at other times. But uh, what he did outraged me so much. I, I woke up angrier this morning than I recall waking up yeah. uh, in a long time. And it was because of that scout speech. Here you got a guy colluding with Russia, mm-hmm. you know, conspiring with Russia. Yeah. Uh, and, and covering it up and lying, 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 lying as president of the United States. And the thing I, that, that finally pushes me over the edge is the, is the Boy Scout <laughs> speech. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I was close to the edge to begin with. It just seemed to me to step up the urgency to remove this man and I, I, it, because it's so exemplary of the kind of damage he can do. And I just, I, it, it broke my heart to see this. And, and I was almost equally disappointed with the, the Boy Scouts uh, of America's response to, mm-hmm. to it uh, yeah. and, and to the cheering that took place in the crowd, for that matter. He's still out there. It, it looked like a, I'm sorry. It looked like a Hitler youth rally. Yeah, really good. And, and and next, I expect armbands and orange uniforms. And uh, you know, I just it it's it's very sad. It's a very sad and angry thing all at the same time. And it just it's just got to freaking stop. I I I had a lot of momentum going into today's show because I was so angry. I was I was ready to come with both barrels loaded. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then they just sucked the air out of us just before showtime <laughs> yeah. with that with that healthcare vote. Oh, I know. Uh, but you know what? It doesn't take me long to catch my breath and get back up and get back into the fight. And we've got to step up the fight. This is just out of control. Well, I find myself just about every day yelling at the TV for some reason or another. And this <laughs> yes, is the case where yeah. I don't think I've yelled at the TV more than when it came to this Boy Scout speech that he gave right. yesterday, yeah. which was just, to me, it was just another rally. He thought that these were all his supporters and he was just going to do another rally. You know, where he does He's the whole thing where... such a freaking idiot. He thanked them for their votes. They're kids. They They're didn't kids. vote. Yeah. <laughs> he know? is a, just a colossal <laughs> idiot. And you're just seeing him. And I can't even imagine. He's doing a rally in Ohio later today. <laughs> and right. I can't... Can't even imagine how terrible it's going to be. He is just oh, not. Yeah, yeah, he is yeah. not going to shut up about today's vote. He is going right. to do that. He's going to be nothing but the Democrats lost and we won and blah blah well, blah. Treating as if it's some major victory. And and you know, okay. but you also know he'll be all over the road with that speech. And when he is, maybe he'll further incriminate himself as he typically does. That's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hope for that. Uh, and by the way, I and I won't uh, get into it here. 
But if if your listeners would be so kind as to catch my news this week, this Thursday it drops. Yes. I have written a commentary on the news media's handling of all this. Mm. Uh and and I think it's uh I think it's important and I think it, it needs to be said. I, I think it's what I have to say is very fair. Uh, you know, I think the media is doing a great, great job in many respects. I think there are some fine, fine organizations doing some excellent work that is crucial that we depend on and we thank them for it. But there's still a couple of things they're not getting right. And I'm going to, yeah. I want to address those this week. So I hope people catch that. That's my, that's my plug for this week. Well, yeah. And that's at buzzburbank.com, realmnetwork.com. You can also find Buzz Burbank news and comment at iTunes and SoundCloud. Now, um, yeah, I, we're, we're talking about this Boy Scout uh, address. Right. And uh, Jesus, here, and here's one of the things he said. This is one of the things that had me just screaming at my television yesterday. Mm-hmm. He said, by the way, just a question. Did President Obama ever come to a jamboree? And we'll be back. We'll be back. The answer is no, but we'll be back. You know what? Barack Obama was a fucking Boy Scout himself. <laughs> I've got right. to bleep this now. But and he- Trump. Trump wasn't. Trump was yeah. not a Boy Scout himself. Yeah. This is one of just many things. And he was doing that thing where he would just he would throw out a, a, a horrendous line, one line mm-hmm. or another. And then he would do that thing where he starts clapping and he turns his back to the crowd and looks at the people behind him, claps a little bit more, walks mm-hmm. back up and says something else that's horrendously obnoxious. God, I I just I'm gonna turn off my TV for the rest of the day because if I have to watch his Ohio Here, address, this will this will this will cheer you up. Find the clip from uh, Trevor Noah's Daily Show uh, <laughs> that compares the hand gestures of Donald Trump to the hand gestures of uh, Scaramucci. Yeah. It- uh, <laughs> Scaramucci. It was really entertaining to watch because to me, my first reaction when I saw that they are doing that Scaramucci does all of the same hand gestures. As Donald Trump was, Scaramucci's clearly in love with Donald Trump. <laughs> That's what you do when you're in love with someone is you start to pick up their mannerisms. That's how he gets them. He, it, yeah. Like a spider, he, he makes them love him and then he eats them. Right. Right. Let's see what else here from this uh, Boy Scout thing. Uh, he falsely suggested the media wouldn't show the crowd on television. Of course, he's still obsessed with his crowd sizes. Right. He I'm, said I'm at one point, uh, he said, tonight we'll put aside all the policy fights uh, in Washington, D.C. You've been hearing about with the fake news. He added, boy, you've got a lot of people here. The press will say it's about 200 people. It looks like about 45,000 people. It wasn't forty five thousand people either. No, but you no, know, it was close to thirty, I think. But. Yeah, and of course yeah. he, uh, you know, and, and, but there was a lot of people, but they weren't there for him. <laughs> I mean, right. perhaps some were, but they were there for the jamboree. That's about how many they have every year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, it, he's just and he's obsessed with that, and and it just shows that he's insane. That the the man who is president of the United States is not mentally fit to be president of the United States. Another urgent reason for his urgent removal. So, I mean, he's treating this jamboree, which, you know, you go there and you give the kids encouraging patriotic words of, you know, yes. here's what you want to do. The, here's the American ideal. The American dream that you want to work mm-hmm. for is mm-hmm. uh, is upon us. And, and you have the power in your grasp to attain the American dream because you know about loyalty and honor and duty right. and blah, blah, blah. And these are the things that a president says to Boy Scouts, but not typically, typically. normally, normally, <laughs> but not this guy. No, not this guy. I'd like a, I'd like a dollar for every time he invoked fake news and, and fake polls. He was and talking this about is, the fake. This is, 
This is so dangerous God. and so scary. This breaks my heart and terrifies me all at the same time. Uh, he's and it's worse. And I know there are so many people out there who believe what he believes that it's fake news, and he's making it worse. He's he's grown their numbers and he's reinforced their beliefs. Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry, the fourth estate is a cornerstone of our democracy. We need it. Uh, it yeah. saved us from Nixon. It saved us from the Vietnam War. It was. It wasn't until Walter Cronkite said we're losing this sucker that the Johnson uh, put a stop to it. Uh, and journalism can make a difference. Those protests in the street uh, mm -hmm. can end a war. Can change civil rights laws. Can make gay marriage possible. They have. Can legalize weed. They have, and they will continue to do yeah. so. And it's never been more important. And I. I don't know when this much of the population has been this motivated to rise to their feet and address this crisis. Yeah, and I think that is uh, that is really encouraging. However, and this also relates to the press buzz, is that mm. I still go back to something I've been saying for six, ten months, a year now maybe, right. that it seems to me as if at the top of every uh, television newscast, the anchor needs to go, what the <laughs> I mean, just like, because to me, no matter how urgent we get, and even us on this show, no matter how urgent we are about mm -hmm. the status of this Trump crisis, right. I believe that we are not emphatic enough to... To, to match the level of the crisis this is I've, yeah i've tried to be more clear on yeah this week's appearance on your show i have tried to be more clear in recent days in case you hadn't noticed <laughs> i'm also on twitter <laughs> yeah uh and and i've tried to be more emphatic there too because i share that urgency yeah and, and it's just it, it's it seems to me as if None of us really have a firm grasp with how bad this can get. And all you need to do is take a look at Turkey, take a look at Poland, take a look at, for that matter, Russia, uh, where which is, is ground zero for everything that's happening in Poland and Turkey and elsewhere. Right, right. Uh, Syria, everything. The yeah. Philippines, for God's sake, is another mm -hmm. uh, horrible example in terms of how bad this can get. If you don't think Trump is capable of matching President Duterte from the Philippines uh -huh. and President Duterte's roundup of drug users and drug dealers where he's executing en masse thousands of people in that country. If you don't think that that can happen here, you're not following along. This guy, yeah. Trump, is capable of literally anything. I keep saying this, and I'll say this over and over again, that the, the, the degree of the crisis is off the charts. We have never seen anything like this in terms of a constitutional crisis short of the Civil War. And your tweet today was exactly spot on along those lines. Well, I, I you know, and somebody called me out on what they felt was hyperbole, and ah. and I said, you know, no, I didn't, I didn't, I was undaunted by that, by that <laughs> criticism. Uh, no, it didn't, didn't affect me at all. Uh, and and I, I take issue with that. I, I said, if there was ever a time to speak, this is it. And I'll tell you something else that I'm doing with people who show up and they post things, uh, argumentative things about, you know, well, yeah, but what about Hillary and, you know, that kind of I've just started instantly blocking those people. I will not, I will not engage with them anymore. Now, in a healthy, normal society, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. But yeah. what we're dealing with here, Bob, is so urgent so crucial. Yep. I don't have time to relitigate stuff that's already been settled. I don't have time to have ideological arguments with you. The only thing I have time for now is protecting health care and protecting this democracy. 
And I, you know, I'm not going to let you get in my way. Again, keep in mind, too, that as bad as this is, there are some silver linings in all of this. And I want to keep going back to the positivity, the things that can occur that are within our grasp. It's entirely possible, one, that the Democrats, and I'm going back to healthcare now, that the uh-huh. Democrats can come up with some sort of fix solution to tweak the marketplaces, to tweak mm-hmm. the, the subsidies, to tweak I the... Hope, uh, yeah, I hope they're on that. I hope, you know, that's a, that's a lofty wish I, and, and, and a worthwhile one. I just don't know, and I hope they are. Well, now they really do have an opportunity to come up with something and introduce something. They need to take a leadership role on this and pitch this thing as saying, you know what, here are the problems with, that we see with Obamacare. Here is the solution that we have, and here's why this is going to work. Oh, and by the way, here's a CBO score to tell us why this is going to work better than whatever the hell the Republicans are coming up with. So right. there, is, there is that. Now I'm also noticing a tweet here uh, from a conservative, from a conservative uh, Twitter friend of mine. Uh, someone wrote here on Twitter, this is how single payer happens in 3.5 years. Mark my words. And my conservative friend, again, my stridently conservative friend, Tom Nichols, five-time Jeopardy champion, Tom Nichols, says, I would never have agreed with this until now. What a mess. Yeah. What a mess. Yeah. So we could get something really great out of this. It's a, it's a shame and this is why I'm not a fan of the underpants gnome business model. The one, uh, elect Trump. Two, question mark. Three, progressivism. Right, I, yeah. I don't agree with that business model because of the question mark and all of the terrible things that go along with that. And, and we're facing those terrible things now. This is a major, major gamble because they can repeal. And we don't want to deliberately risk a repeal of Obamacare and the, the screwing of 30 2 million, upwards of 32 million Americans in that process in order to eventually get single payer. That's not how it's done. But if this happens to be a, pardon the medical term, (laughs) if this happens to be the side effect of this stressful, horrible process of possibly repealing Obamacare, then great. Then great. Then that is something that we have to work toward. Certainly uh, some some A-listers who are uh, earmarking the 2020 election to run, Elizabeth right. Warren, for example, already talking about single payer as a real possibility here. And I think uh, given what's happened now, I think, uh, I, I think it's becoming stronger and stronger. And when you see conservatives actually saying, you know what, not a bad idea, right. that's when the, uh, that's <laughs> the tide has turned. And when true reconciliation can begin, yeah, uh, and 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 you know that's we're gonna hope for that. I I I want to I want to also think about where we have been and what's led us to this point. Maybe we can talk about that uh, after we get rid of everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, let's see. Anything else I want to mention uh, here on the free show? I do want to mention too that. Uh, this is something to keep an eye out for. It's entirely possible the Republicans are trying to kill the CBO. They're trying to defund oh, sure. the they CBO. They hate facts. They hate, they hate facts. Of yeah. course they're going to try to kill the CBO. I, I, you know, I, I'm not prone to swearing, but God damn it. Now God, I just, damn. You know, now God you, now damn it. Push me too far. This is just, <laughs> I, I really, I'm, I'm ready to take to the streets with the torches and pitchforks. I'm, I've just, I've just had enough. Yeah. And you know what? I, uh, I am pounding on my desk so mightily that I've actually burned out the light bulb in the lamp on my desk. Uh, I broke the filament. So, yeah, I, I totally did. I broke the light bulb by pounding on my desk. <laughs> I don't know if that made its way over the uh, over the show, but that's what I've been doing. Okay, uh, 
Let's see. Lots to still talk about. Got the post-mortem show coming up. Uh, I don't know. It's just going to be a grab bag. Whatever ends up happening on the post-mortem show is what happens. Going to talk about uh, this bloated asshole who wants to challenge female GOP senators to a duel. <laughs> yes, uh, we can talk about him. We'll talk about him. Uh, you know, I've had this Letterman thing on my list for a while now. Uh, Letterman talking about removing Trump. Maybe we'll get right. to that. A little more Trump Russia to come still. Uh, lots of Trump Russia stuff to talk about. Paul Manafort in the news. That's going to be a big deal. Uh, more more handouts to Vladimir Putin coming from the Trump administration. Yay! Not a surprise. Rachel Maddow needs a smaller font for her list of Trump Putin favors. All that's coming up on the Postmortem Show site up at patreon.com slash Bob and Chester. Just click the Patreon link at bobsuska.com. Get the Postmortem Show for $5 a month. That's two Postmortem shows, shows a week. And uh, if you sign up at $10 a month, you get two Postmortem Shows plus the after party every week. And at fifth, What's that? I said it's worth it. Absolutely worth it. For $15 a month, you get all that crap plus a commercial-free, unbleeped version of this show. And I think you want this show unbleeped, especially today's show. Uh, that's coming up next. Postmortem show, bobseska.com or patreon.com slash bobchess. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye.